So last week we finished the third chapter of this of this mimer, this Hasidic discourse of Moshe going into the cloud, into the kind of smoke to receive the full Torah. And we explained at length in the previous classes what the smoke represents and the difference that happened in the world between at the giving of the Torah and after the giving of the Torah. At the end of the third paragraph, there's a very important idea. The, that idea explains why did Moshe have to go through the cloud? We didn't ever spoke about that. We spoke about, we spoke about smoke. This kind of a smoke, that kind of a smoke, this kind of a fire, that kind of a fire. Stones burning? Yes or no. Consuming fire? Yes or no. Where did the smoke come from? We spoke about that now. Actually, but one thing. And why did Moshe have to go through the smoke? But that has nothing to do with all the things that we explained. The smoke being the elimination and the elevation of the world. Okay. That comes through. What does it mean that Moshe goes through the smoke? So at the end of the church chapter, he added this idea. Because if a Jew wants to receive the Torah, he has to understand what the Torah's purpose is. Because how can you receive the Torah if you do not acknowledge what the Torah is for? So Moshe has to go through this smoke cloud for him to be able to receive this divine empowerment that the world can be elevated into holiness. He has to be empowered. What is the empowerment of Moshe? Him going through the smoke, like him being completely enveloped, right? Being smoked, right? He's being enveloped in the smoke, and that is necessary. Okay, that's the end of the third chapter. Now, what is very, very, very... I don't know, if I say cool, I say it's not a fitting word for a mimer. But it was very... So I'll say geschmack. <laughs> so geschmack, so... Um, translation? We all know it, geschmack me. Yeah, okay. It's geschmack. It's really, really <laughs> interesting <laughs> and, and, and pleasant. Okay, is that this mimer, and I, I, I think that uh, Chaya and, and Hannah last week, I think I spoke to you guys about the difference about the corrected mimer, right? The ones that were like edited and presented forever and corrected. Well, they don't have this, they usually would not have this large part, last part of the mimer. This last part of the mimer is more like almost sikha-like. It becomes like a talk. Meaning the Rebbe is saying, okay, that's nice, interesting ideas. Okay. How, what kind of teachings do we now take into details? So in an edited, corrected mimer, not sure that it would have come and not in this richness of, uh, of, the expressions that will follow. So this is a very, very interesting and pleasant aspect of this mimer, is that now it's really like brought down into the practical applications of all this, those lofty ideas. And it starts like this. I'm going to read it inside. This whole subject, as it relates to individual persons, divine worship, his avoda, is as follows. For indeed, some will come with arguments. There are people who argue, why do I, I have, what, what is my relationship to 
very low things. Even if I acknowledge that true, I have to come down to this world, meaning I know but my neshama came into a body so to do Torah in this world, it is already enough that my neshama, or that I, my avodas Hashem, will have to go down, to deal with things, things that I like, the animal world, or the, the world of, uh, of vegetation, but not to go and deal with worldly matters, that I like, mineral-like stones. The Hainu meaning, I'm soon going to explain, but he also explains it right away when he talks about this, the mineral. What is the mineral-like level? Such a crass existence. That you cannot even see, even, in, 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 even physically you cannot see that there's any kind of vital energy in it. Ve'ad, and not only physically, but even even if you'll inundate it with the divine fire, he himself, in his natural state of things, cannot even contain fire. He doesn't even let fire catch him. The fire cannot, cannot get caught onto it. Can't seize it. Fire can't take it, like fire with stone. Uh, there's nothing to catch on. Yeah, to. You can put petrol on the fire on a stone, and light a match. The petrol is going to burn. The stone is going to maybe be a little bit blackish. And if you like weigh the stone before, and weigh it afterwards, is there a difference in the mass and the weight of the stone? Yeah. Right. Well, maybe not sure. Not even sure. Maybe if you get to like a volcano temperatures, but not talking about that, right? Then it's not a stone anymore. <laughs> and here comes molten stone. But anyways, so, I mean, you guys, actually nothing happened. So let, let's understand what he's saying. Because he's not talking about stones now. Actually, he's not talking about animals or vegetation either. He's, a Jew will say, okay, I get it. My neshama came into this world, and I have to bring godliness into this world. But hello, to a certain extent, meaning things that are at least potentially compatible, that they have some kind of interaction with holiness, but something that is completely non-reacting to holiness. Why should I deal with that? Now, I have to specify, because the, the, the mimer itself doesn't expand on this. The only explanation that I can find is like, what, if you're talking spiritually, how do you know what is compatible or not? Like, what exactly would that Jew be willing to deal with? And what doesn't he, what doesn't he want to deal with? I mean, what, I, I don't get it. What, I mean, if you're talking about stones and vegetation, then I see it. But here we're not talking. You're talking something that is Bedarga, something that is like a vegetation or like an animal, or something that is like a stone. Can you expand? Like, what exactly are you talking about? Because you're not talking about stones. Things that don't even react to godliness. Well, come to think of it, a lulav also doesn't. And a cow also doesn't. He said, no, but that's okay. 
So, like, you want, you want to ask me, Manavshech, like, if you accept and acknowledge that there is an interaction, but you can't see, then you can just as well assume that it happens with everything. And if you say, no, I want to see things that actually react, well, then take, well, then you don't see it with anything. Well, life is, huh? life is an expression. Okay, true, true. You can say the fact that there is life shows that there is some kind of compatibility compatibility but still it's a kind of a very weak argument meaning if you believe that the divine if you acknowledge not believe if you acknowledge that the divine spirituality can uh, permeate physical existence if you acknowledge it you acknowledge it and if you wait to see it well you'll never see it on anything like either or you're saying you are mimon nafshach oh I think, talked about humans, I think, I want to propose, what is the river talking about? And also look at the date. Because sometimes, yes, it is important to place a mimer in a historical context. We're in 1965, okay? What is the main theme of the Tavshin Chavs of the 1960s? For anyone who knows, the, the, the rebels, Ufaratstam. Go out and conquer the world. Did the message already completely catch on? Nope. It's, it's starting, but there's still resistance. There's still resistance going on. Like if, you, if, you, if you're standing in 1965, and you want to count how many emissaries went out already in 1965, I, I actually don't know. I'm hesitating if you need one hand or two hands. I do know you don't need three hands. Who are you talking about? Who? Who? 1965. So I know Moshe Feller went to Schlichas those kind of things. Gerelik in Milano also. Mullah Zimov in Paris, 68. Nachman Sudak a couple of years earlier in London. Right? So Australia had. Okay, Australia, true. Australia actually starts from. Australia starts even from the Rebbeiyat, so to speak, because after World War II. Okay. But again, you, okay, so you have Tunisia. I mean, really, you can look like, you imagine, like today, name the shluchim. <laughs> How much time do you have? Okay, even Moshe Kutlowski and the shluchim uh, stopped almost mentioning states of the United States of America because it's just taking way too much time. The final state? Because, uh, yeah. So, so today, so, but then, if in 1965, would name the shluchim, personally, if the person is like really, you know, he knows all the Inyanim. So yeah, we say, okay, I don't even know Shlomikunim, maybe also. Not even sure. Not sure about that, of California. I, you see, but do you hear the names? They're talking like legendary names. People like, like Rav Groner of Australia, like legendary names. Like the big, big, big Shluchim of the early, like the first waves. What is the first wave of Shluchim here in, here in Israel? Like Rav Kaplan and Rav Chitrik. 76. Wow, okay. So, coming back, this is not history class, okay? But coming back, meaning what is the Rebbe's message again and again and again in those years is there is an absolute obligation for a Fruma Jew, for someone who is attached to Hashem through Torah Mitzvahs, to go out and to bring people from the cold. Bring them in, attach them. And you think this is what the Rebbe is referring to. 
A Jew comes and says, why do I have to deal with something that is completely incompatible? Proof. He resists Torah mitzvahs. You get it? Who is the Rebbe talking about? Meaning going and dealing with non-religious Jews that are actually uh, in an opposition with Torah mitzvahs. It's the only explanation that I can find. Because if not, how, how, how does a person know which is... Either, again, like my question before, either you acknowledge there is compatibility with physical existence, then everything, or you don't acknowledge it, then, then nothing, right? The Rebbe says, the Jew says, I accept this and this, I don't accept that. Like, what is the that? The only thing I can think of, and putting it, that the Rebbe is referring to someone who says, I get it that you have to take care of Gashmis, you have to take a cow and make tefillin, and, and, and mezuzahs, etc., etc., you take a sheep, you take wool, you make tzitzes, and so on, and so on. But such a person, so crass, so low that he's fighting against Torah Mitzvah. Okay, so you see he's completely, he's like a stone. There's no highest in him whatsoever. I don't have to deal with that. You get That makes sense. That's the only explanation I can find. You have a better one? Be my guest. Seriously. I, I don't find another explanation. What kind of argument that makes sense? The person says, this I'm not willing to do. As a firmer yeet. Not I'm willing. I don't think that this has to be done. You have to deal with things that are not incompatible. But things that are incompatible, I don't have to deal with. Again, I think that Rebbe is referring to someone who says, I don't have to deal with non-religious Jews, especially those who are in clear opposition with Yiddishkeit. That seems like the complete incompatible. Why do you have to deal with that? But the idea is that it has to be smoke. There has to be elevation. Even in something that is kind, that is of the category of a minimal, meaning that is the lowest in the world. I'm saying my explanation, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it because I think the Rebbe would be talking to only about a year this far. I'm not so sure those terms would be appropriate. But still, I don't find an explanation. Right? I can't imagine the Rebbe is actually talking and he says, I don't want to take a stone, like really physically. Like, I want to take a flower, but not a stone. Like, what kind of... Do you, guys, are, you, are you following my reasoning? I, I, so I'm saying the Rebbe is not talking about physical things. Because I do take stones and I build a shul. No, no, so that's not a problem. As long as something that is stone-like. What do you mean? Something that completely doesn't accept the likus. <laughs> Can you show me what kind of things do you do see that they accept the likus? <laughs> so just, no, you know that the likus goes into Gashmas. Good, so what are you talking about that you know that it doesn't go into? You have a better explanation? No, I... Like, what about, like, within a person? No, I'm cells? looking for a bad explanation because then the Rebbe talks about Hayoyser Tachten. So, again, I'm. Like, what about within a person, like, attacking their own. I can speak only for myself, could be. but, like, there are certain parts of me that you can compare to someone who's anti. Could be, again. But then the same one is Oilam Kotan. Every person is Oilam Kotan. So, whatever is true in my being, ex- whatever exists in a, in a miniature way in my personal uh, life, exists. And on the global scale, about whole of Am Yisrael. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay. I, I, I still maintain my explanation. Right, like in a simple level, you're like, what? He wants to like shake Lula, but not put up a mezuzah because <laughs> it's like physical. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't. It doesn't make sense that I would have like Yesh Mishetoyim. So we're talking about someone who's in Avodas Hashem. 
Not talking about someone who's questioning. No, he's in a position. So, so come again, what is your taina? Your taina is, I don't have to deal with doymen. Again, what are you talking about? Or what about like like, what is the thing that you say you don't have to deal with? Like a Talmud Chacham? Could be. Like he says a doymen. Yeah, again, again, I maintain my explanation. True, in some, in some terminology, it might be a little bit more comfortable. Maybe the Rebbe talks from that person's perspective. Maybe not objectively that is Yosef Tachlam. You're talking about the Yid. How can you say about the Yid? Maybe that's how he sees it. Maybe, you get it? The Rebbe says, he says, I don't have to deal with that Jew because he is the lowest of lowest. Even a cow doesn't go against the Gosh Actually, the Rebbe says that too, right? Because the Yid has a Bechir Chavshis even. He can go against Hashem while an animal doesn't. So anyways, so Torah says us, Zewa Tachlis the Matan Torah. But look at how the Torah was given. She'in in Oshan, Hashem put smoke, Kilian Valimus meaning he, he symbolized the fact that the material existence of the world will be elevated. Hashem did not make only vegetation go up in smoke. Hashem put the smoke on the stones. You get the message? If you're right, then Hashem shouldn't have put smoke on the stones. Because you're saying he's so low. I don't have to deal with it. So Zero says, wrong. Just read the story of Matan Torah. You see, you're wrong. Even, even the low has to do. Now comes the second argument. Nevertheless, that same person, another person, will give another argument. If someone fights with a low life, he also will be affected by it. Or you can translate, if you fight a dirty person, well, you will become dirty, because you're going to get stains on you. So, so you think to that, that what you're asking, that I have to produce smoke, but even such low things, he will become dirty. And again, I see a very clear reference to arguments against going in shlichas, which is, I am now in an environment of a firm environment. I have my shirim of Torah. I have my place. I have my kids in former schools, etc., etc. I'm going to go out in the wilderness. I'm going to go down, Baruchnis. If I like it or not. Why? Because I'm not going to be... Because eventually by... That, I mean, that was the argument. It doesn't accept. But a person's argument was, I'm not going to be able to stay on that level. You're affected by the I'm, Yeah, I'm going to be affected by the environment. But when you go... Like, is it not sometimes when you go out of that, like, the religious... It will even strengthen you. But yeah. that could be a one argument, but that does not negate that someone else can have another argument. So here there is there. Someone has an argument. Says, okay, let's say it has to be done. But, so you're telling me that I have to go down? I have to, be, I have to dirty myself? Vim Cain, if that's okay, Mutav Shaloy Lasibo. So you shouldn't you shouldn't deal with it. Hashem has to do it, has to do it. Try and, it's Hashem's kavana in Matan Torah. Good for him, so to speak. But I myself, Beruchnas, I'm not allowed to do such a thing. And on this comes the answer, and this is so awesome the answer. She didn't pick up on that yet. That Hashem made him a path within the smoke. 
that's also something we read in Rashi, and we yet hadn't, we, we, we didn't stop on this aspect yet. What, what? So he has to go through the smoke, but you, you get the, like the double, he has to go through the smoke, but within the smoke, Hashem makes him a path. What was that a lot? So he look, listen to this. The Hainu meaning Shebechinas Moshe Shebenishmas Kolechot Misrol. The Moshe, not only Moshe himself, but the Moshe that exists by every single Jew, which is the essence of his Neshama. Einai Mislach Leches will never be dirty. Elam Nishelas Nekir will stay clean. Kevon Shaiveres Besoich Shvil, it has a path. So to speak, it goes through the smoke. It's like going through Yamsov, but without becoming wet. So I'm crossing the sea, I'm not in the sea. Know that you'll not go down because your neshama ve'etzem, Hashem will protect your neshama. And your neshama will, Hashem is, is, is protecting it. Dafke when you're going through the smoke. When you're dra- going through the smoke, meaning you're going and dealing with the most difficult things of the world, the things which are going to produce the most smoke. Know that Hashem will create a path for you in which you will be protected. And your neshama will always be faithful to Hashem. Following the idea that we find in Tanya, that the Alter Rebbe says, that every Jew, notwithstanding who he is, neither does he want, actually he can't, to separate himself from the divine, even if he wants to. And this is actually even brought down in Halacha, in Rambam, Maimonides. It says, in a case, the case that is being discussed, and something that is mentioned a lot in the Rebbe's talks, what happens, over there Rambam gives a rule, true, I'm going to talk the case in which it is the rule, but this rule is, is true in, in, in all circumstances. The case being discussed over there in Halacha is what happens if a husband refuses to give a get, a divorce act, act of divorce, and he has to, Bezzi tells him, you have to. And he says, yeah, okay, I won't do it. So says Halacha, well, Bezzi brings someone, even if it's a non-Jew, if not, it's uh, Bezzi himself, the Shaitrim, Shaitrim, the Shaitrim, the judges and the policemen, they they smite him. They hit him. Until he says, okay, 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 I want to give a get. Why? Because he has to say, I want to give a get. But he says, I don't want to. So you can't like force him, force him. You can force him to say, I want to. Now that sounds like a little bit like, so you forced him. He said, I want to. Yeah, he said it because you forced him. But he said, I want to. So how does that work? So the answer that is given is, the Rambam says himself, that since in essence every Jew wants to do what Hashem says, and when he said, I don't want to, it's only a, fa- a facade. Right, you say it in English? Facade, yeah. Facade, right? It's only something completely exterior to him. It's not him truly. So when he's going to say the words, I want to, it actually links up to his profound identity, so I can count it in. Get it? If, in essence, he would be against it, and only he would say the word, I want to, because he's getting hit. And true. Well, what kind of value does that have? But since the etzen, 
in essence, he does want to do what Hashem wants. Just that he had a Yetzirara that, that pushed him to say no. Okay, so we'll find something stronger, the Yetzirara, that will push him to say yes. But it still comes. So actually, that halacha is the same idea that we find in the words of Alter Rebbe, that a Jew not, neither can he or wants he to actually be going against Hashem. So that is the answer. person says, I'm going to go down. My spiritual level is going to, 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 to take a big hit. I'm going to become dirty, so to speak, because of dealing with the, the, my surroundings. So here comes the answer. Hashem makes you a path. And Moshe is not a thing. Who is Moshe? Moshe is your neshama in essence. And now if you think about that answer, and especially the proof that is given to the answer, is actually a counter-proof. Yeah, so you're saying, I will be like that person who's actually listened to his Yetzirah, but you're saying, but his Neshama stays faithful. But that's true for everyone. Like, that is not more true because I'm going into the Asham, following? Yeah. It's true anyways. So actually, I don't even need the Shvil. I mean... Or the shvil is, is, is there all the time for everyone. So again, so when I said I'm going to go down, I wasn't talking about the essence of my neshama because true, that never goes down. Even someone is completely not in the smoke into the stone. He's not in the smoke. Smoke means elevation. No, he's not in the smoke. He's in the stone. He is the stone. And still you will say, so technically he's even a path in the stone, a bubble of air, right? In the stone, he's still there. You're not completely stoned. So, um, so the, the, question, the, question, the question remains, if I'm going down and I'm, my behavior is going to change, that's what I'm talking about. He's saying, yeah, good. It's not, it's not an answer yet. So the Rebbe continues. He says, but it's actually more than that because he doesn't answer a new question. You realize? We had two questions. First question is, why do I have to do it? Second question is, is going to lower me, bring me lower. So he starts answering, well, in essence, not really low, because you'll always have an etz and a No, 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 hold your horses. He says, I know, I know, I know, I know. So let me continue. But it's even more than only the essence of neshama that stays faithful. In truth, even revealed forces, it is not the smoke that will make them dirty. So I want to put here a very, very important uh, clarification. What the rabbi is saying, it is not the fact that you are dealing with things that are low and in opposition with Hashem, that that will make you go down. It will not. It could be you're going to go down because you're listening to Yisrael. Okay, and that's your beef. So deal with your nefshabamis. But don't come and accuse the oshan, which means the act of refining the world as being responsible. You know why? Says, without, not only that Yashem makes your shrill, there's also another argument. It cannot be that refining materialism pulled you down. Why? Sarah says why? Because if in truth, it's not really smoke. Like, Kimi Nasham. So beautiful. 
It's a kind of a smoke. What does it mean it's a kind of a smoke? Well, you see, so in the beginning of Maimah, we explained it differently. Now, in Avot Hashem, he's going to explain it in another perspective. You look at it as smoke. What is smoke? A tangible object going up in smoke, meaning being burned. And as we explained, Meruch is meaning being elevated. And so the smoke is the resisting part and the elevation part. So you think that this whole resisting and elevation process is going to affect you and you're going to inhale smoke. You're going to have less healthy lungs. Well, but what if I tell you it only looks like smoke? It's actually maybe a little bit damp, but it's, it's regular oxygen. So if I take afterwards a scan of your lungs, will they be affected from this smoke? No, because actually it wasn't really smoke. Well, I saw smoke. Yeah, you saw smoke. It appears like smoke, but it's not smoke. It's a kind of a smoke. What do you mean? So how does that apply to us? But here we are. This is really smoke. You so well explained. Rebbe, you so well explained that smoke comes from the, uh, the fact that you're taking away the whole resistance of materialism to go into spirituality. Now you're telling me it's not smoke. So it's not going up. Look, listen to this rumination. It is a cloud. It looks like smoke. And the idea behind it is the fact that we acknowledge that the world hides and blocks out that it has any link with God. That existence that it that it uh, that it claims that it exists without Hashem. Well, it's not true. It's actually not its actual existence. Going back, like we said before, two classes ago, I told you that true, the work of, of us is to bring in the fifth element, which will become part of the structural. You remember that part? But I said even without that, the truth is that the DNA of the four elements is anyways Eloikos. You remember that? It's just that the four elements don't present themselves in the image of their DNA. So if they seem to be incompatible with the fifth element. But actually they're not, they can't be incompatible because the fifth element is exactly what they are structurally. Just they don't acknowledge it. So when you say they are in essence resisting this fifth element, well, they can't. It's not possible. That this is their appearance. Hashem created their behavior, but it's not that structurally it's incompatible. No, it can't structurally be incompatible because actually they are already the fifth element. So the resistance to this elikus coming into the world is a, it's a show. It's a make-believe. It's like Hashem gave Gashmias role plays. Says, okay, you behave like this, you behave like this. Shh! No one says that you're on my side. Someone says it's cheating and you're out. You have to pretend that you're against me. I'm paying your salary, so of course you're with me. But shh, don't let anyone know. So it's a pretend, it's a show. Now you get it, why it's not real smoke? Real smoke would be produced by something that is opposed. world is not opposed to a person. Yes, of course it is, you told me, that's why I have to refine and elevate it. You have to refine the acknowledgement of the word, world. But the essence, in essence, it's a kind of a smoke because you have to 
Like you, you have to like tell the world, drop your act. You get it? Like you don't actually have to educate. It's like a good child from a good family that had good spaces and starts to hang out with the wrong crowd and takes upon a certain behavior, say drop your act. This is not who you are. Yeah, you can always pretend. It's not who you are. Yeah, you can go on pretending and you can choose that life. It will never change. That we know you. This is not who you are. This is not the model. This is not building. This is not the education you saw. This is not the family you saw. That will never go away. Your life, until you became an adult and made your choices, you cannot erase that. And that will be structurally. You can make choices. But in a way, it's an act, so to speak. So you can always tell the person, drop your act. And be, stop being a Meshuggah. A lot of persons say, I'm not a Meshuggah. It's my life, I make my choices. But you see again? Yeah, again, it's not who you are. Even if the person says, it is who I am. And that's, you get it? The person says, it is who I am. But the etzem, it says, it's who I choose to become. It's not really the same thing. You can choose to become, but... It will never change that this is not who you are. Structurally, in your education, your upbringing, it's not who you are. And we have a lot of receipts for that, so to speak. Uh, we have pictures for it to show me. It's not who you are. So to speak. Malchus, the Atzilas, was brought up well. And even if he became a young person, he went to school, Malchus the Bria, and then, went, then he went to like intermediate, like before, before high school, he went to, into Yetzira, and and I went into college, Malchus de Asiyah. And I takes the wrong turn, Malchus de Malchus de Asiyah. And says, I'm distancing myself from my family. I have nothing in common with my family. You, get it? you cannot say, if a person says, I have nothing in common with my family, it's not true. It's factually not true. So it's like, you're <laughs> thinking you're so smart, like you learned so much in college. Yeah, now I'm a different person. You're not. Yeah. You make different choices. That's one thing. But you can say, I have nothing. No, Hakachainik. You will always have something and a lot in common with family because they are structurally part of you. You like it or not, it's besides the point. This is who you are. You get it with the world? She said, ah, the world is going to produce such a smoke. Yeah, give me a break. It's not such a smoke. It's Kameen Asham. It's a kind of a smoke. Why? Because structurally it's not really opposition. Why? Shanasa, because Hashem created the world in this way, just so that a Jew should have a free choice, a free will. For if we would see that the world is, in essence, divine energy, we would not have free will and free choice. Well, of course, you're not going to choose to sow off the branch on which you are sitting. You're not that stupid. The reason why I can't choose to sow off the branch is because I don't feel that I'm sitting on it. You get it? I feel, no, I'm underground. I'm, no, I'm steady. This is a branch. It's a different branch. It's a branch of a tree. I can cut off the branch of the tree. So then, no, you're sitting on a branch. No, I'm not. Get it? If we would see the MS, we would see that we're sitting on the branch. Why would you cut off? Not only, actually, the branch is like a thousand feet high. It's not only you will fall, you will smash, right? So you would like, boom, okay, crash. Can you just explain it again? If Hashem would not have told the world to put up that act, there would not be free will. 
because we could not have chosen to not do what Hashem says. Because we would have realized that, like, like I'm plugged in. Do you want to unplug yourself? No. Like, you sure? Yeah, I, I'm sure. I mean, unless I'm suicidal. But, okay. Like that's a kind of extreme case, right? But the normal person is not. I don't want to unplug. So the same thing. If I know that I'm that this is my energy, this is my electrical cord. If I can see it, I can see the energy going through. I'm not going to unplug myself. The thing is that I don't feel that I'm unplugging myself. I'm unplugging Torah mitzvahs. I'm unplugging something else. Maybe I'm unplugging my neshama. I don't care about my neshama. Chas neshama, just say, too bad. But I'll have a good life. I'll continue. So this is what he's saying. So so that's what we said. Now he brings here, in brackets, he brings a, uh, okay, I have to rush here. In brackets, he brings the, 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 a very famous saying of the Bardicheva. The Bardicheva, the Rabbi Levitzchak, the Bardicheva, said the following. Like it is known, what the Tzadik, the, the Bardicheva Rebbe said like this. What kind of, of complaints can Hashem have against the Jews? Barbashah, if, it, it, when, when, actually, when at the moment that the existence of Gan Eden is something that is hidden in Sforim, meaning it's written, it's not something that you can see, it's not tangible. But the whole desires, all the pleasures that exist in this world, that is something that I don't have to read. A safer that is going to explain me that is a concept of a taiva. Uh, eating and drinking and all the I don't have I don't need any explanation it just goes naturally so the Bardichev was always finding uh, finding, um, um, finding the I don't know English no maybe you don't know English no he was finding Mary yeah finding Mary it was all finding Mary. says, okay, he's not, not doing everything Hashem wants from the <coughs> If Hashem would have put the Ganadin in front of no, no, our eye, and that the Taiva should be a concept written in the Mimer, it would have been much easier. Because of course I want to go to Ganadin. I can see it right there. You don't want to follow Taiva? I don't know. I don't, I'm not so convinced it actually exists. Imagine that we would speak that, we would speak that way about Taivas. I don't know. I think I listen to Mimer. I can't say I'm completely convinced. Then, like, the people would, like, really admire those people. Like, yeah, like, think, yeah, I think that Taiva do exist. <laughs> right? But then, on the other hand, did that so that, in a profound way, a Jew should choose Hashem. He should come from within him and not because he has no choice. Right? Hashem wanted this Avodah so it answers the person. You come and say, when I'm going to refine the world, it's going to make me dirty because I'm going to have to inhale smoke. It's going to contaminate my lungs. No, it won't because it's not really smoke. You get it? it looks like smoke. Why is it not smoke? Because the world is not really in opposition with godliness. It only shows an opposition. Because it puts up resistance so that you should be honest about it. And even more, and here comes something more deep. Since the veil itself has a purpose of holiness, the whole veil was like reverse psychology. 
the reason why I tell you no is so that you should say yes in a more convinced way. Reverse psychology. I'm not going to explain why yes. On the contrary, I'm going to say no, no, you shouldn't do it. If I would have told you you have to do it, then you would have been going, eh, not so sure. I'm saying, no, no, don't do it. And the person says, why not? Eh. And the person then, on the contrary, your resistance. Now, my resistance, I do that with my kid, with a student. I want him to say yes. Okay, so why are you explaining him no? My no is, my no is a yes. You get it? My no is not a no. Is that a real no? It's a make pretend no. Just to get the yes in a more convinced way out of the other person. Everything the Helen is part of the Kedusha. That is why in Tyre it says that he went into the cloud. Because Tyre that sees the things from above doesn't see smoke at all. You get it? It's like a, such a wonderful mind. Because every single detail, the way it's put in the pasta, the difference between the two psokim, the precise wording of Rashi, which is taken from Chazal, everything is so perfect. Meaning, Moshe came into a cloud. The cloud represents Hashem, like the cloud on top of the Mishkan. So one second, so Moshe went into Godliness. Says Rashi, well, actually, he went into kind of a smoke. One second, one second. It's smoke. Yeah, it's smoke. I mean, get it? It's smoke from the world's perspective. But actually, even from the world's perspective, it's only a kind of a smoke because the world, in essence, is not opposed. And truth be told, since it's Torah that wants you to go through this kind of a smoke, actually, if you look at it from Torah's perspective, it's not smoke at all. It's only a cloud. If you didn't get it, listen to the recording again. A couple of times. Yeah, meaning if you look at it from above, even when I tried to convince you no, actually, I was saying yes. I was trying to prove to you why you have to do it. No, you were trying to prove why I didn't have to. No, you didn't understand. I'm using reverse psychology. So even my no explanation is, an ex- is a yes explanation. I never, in one split second, imagined the no. So, v'hainu, meaning, although it appears like smoke, something completely physical. As we said before, even when you're going to eliminate it and elevate it, there will always be some kind of, of uh, um, ashes. That's how you see it with your physical eyes. But know that in essence, like from Hashem's perspective, it's a cloud, it's only a holy cloud. For the whole resistance and opposition of the world, because actually it will add to Kedusha to keep again the example of the reverse psychology. Let's say that this child would have done it anyway. I would have convinced him why it is important. And he would have done it. But he would have done it because he would have seen that I'm so convinced. By me arguing the opposite, he positions himself and says, I don't agree with you. I think it's very important to do this. Now when he goes to do it, he does it because he is convinced. So that is called like Toisefes Oyer Bekedusha. Holiness itself is stronger now. As if it, if not, it would have been like a kind of a very calm and tranquil little stream. Now it became it, the rapids, right? It comes with Koyach. Let's finish it, the last, the last, oh, it can be, it can be read 
very quickly. That that would mean that Moshe went into the cloud. And so too by every one of us. As we have Moshe in our soul, we receive the Torah. Only after the only after that the that the first was that Moshe went into the cloud that cloud was kind of a smoke because it's a kind of a smoke because that's the way you experience it that's why Hashem has to make a path in it you have to come and go through this cloud and then you can receive the Torah although now for the momentarily and from an exterior appearance you see the world as something that is a veil on the divine nevertheless it is by tackling that that existence that then only can you be like Moshe and stay on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights we're not going to expand on it the word day refers to Chumash and the word light, the night that refers to Halachas and Gemara which actually this part of Torah which is Torah Shabbat Peh contain an infinite levels of, of, of worlds then only when you're willing to tackle the reality of the world then you can receive the whole Torah and then you can bring it down into yourself into your body into the part of the world like it says afterwards after Parshish Mishpatim the Moshe went up in the next parsha, then you can make a sanctuary in which Hashem will dwell. First, it, it refers to the base Migdash, the sanctuary that every one of uh, every Jew has in him. It's a famous saying of our rabbis. But doesn't only say that Hashem will dwell in the, 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 the tabernacle he will dwell in them meaning in each and one of them and that will also bring the construction and revelation of the actual sanctuary the base of Migdash meaning it's true the elevation of this physical existence of a kesser taking gold taking uh, taking um, Silver, yeah. That's how you make a, a, a base of Mikdash for him. And that is how the intention uh, of Hashem will be completed. That one that that he desired that his dwelling place should be in materialism. That's it for this minor.